Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Joe Weil and Cooper Boardman. Well, the good vibes of getting two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles have been washed away a little bit, having dropped the first two games against the Pittsburgh Pirates at Fenway Park. The final tonight, Pittsburgh 4 and Boston 1. Thanks for joining us on Red Sox Review alongside Cooper Boardman. I'm Joe Weil, and we'll be taking you all the way through midnight with some Red Sox analysis. Nick Pavetta makes his first start tonight. He goes five innings. We allows three hits, three runs, one of which earned We'll break down that performance. He did strike out six, so some stuff to like. He did give up two home runs in the game as well. First time this season the Red Sox offense has been shut down. Just one run a run, run scored in this game. But we're bringing you our show from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio. And once again, we appreciate you joining us on Red Sox Review. The Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio is brought to you by your New England Ford dealers. They're celebrating Truck Month featuring F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 46 years. Get great deals on trucks in stock and ready for immediate delivery. So, Cooper, we've talked a lot about the Red Sox offense and how they've gotten off to a scorching start. Nine runs in the first three games, six last night. They end up dropping that game 7-6, to six, but... They, they only scratched across one run, and it was the first time all season we saw a lull from this team offensively. Yeah, you know, I, you put up 33 runs in the first three games of the season. You feel like that's going to dry up at some point, and it, and it did tonight. And, and I, I, my argument is that I would say that tonight was a little bit less about the Red Sox offense and a little bit more about the man on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, Rolanzi Contreras, and what he was able to do. I mean, this is a guy who is, you know, again, in the beginning stages of his career, the stuff was good tonight. It flashed, especially early on in this game, and it was a game, we'll get into this as the night goes on, that I, I was really lost in, in a very tight margin. 4-1 doesn't tell the whole story. That's fine. But I think uh, if you're Alex Cora and you're this Red Sox group, this is not the way this offense is going to be for the rest of this year. We'll be taking your calls all the way through midnight. 617-779-7937 is the number to dial in. We certainly want to hear from you after this 4-1 loss for the Red Sox against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Alex Cora, the Red Sox manager, had a chance to chat with the media after tonight's loss. I thought he was okay. I think uh, he's four-seamer for some reason. He wasn't... Hopping, it was kind of like tailing. Um, the opposite field home run, pitch down and away. You know, it goes out. 
I don't mind the breaking ball to Reynolds. Um, but he was looking for it, and he put a good swing on it. But overall, I thought, I thought his stuff was good. Obviously, towards the end, I think everything started tailing away. Um, he tried to go in on Reynolds. Over the middle play, he hit up the wall. The one to Santana, too. So but I think he gave us enough to you know, give us a chance to win. Seems like there's been a, you know, when there's been some mistakes made, pitchers haven't been able to get out of it. Pass ball tonight. That sets up yeah. Um, just a breaking ball, and he just missed it. And then, you know, we made a pitch 1 1 down and away, and you don't expect that, but the kid put a good swing on it, uh, got under it, and it just went out of the ballpark. You, uh, talk, you often talk about kind of finishing innings, you know, uh, with two outs to give up three more runs today. Is that, uh, that concerning at all with the first game? I mean, you know, the last one is a one-two count, right? They still second. They got the best hitter there. Uh, he made a good pitch. He got jammed. He put it in play, right? I mean, he didn't hit the ball hard. He gets uh, he gets a hit. So, um, you know, two out two out runs, leadoff guys, shut down innings for me. Uh, in this game, regardless of the level, they're very important, right? You got the leadoff guy out. Uh, you avoid damage with two with two outs, and you shut them down after you score. You in good shape, and uh, feels like like you said with two outs, we haven't done that. Um, Early on, and uh, we just got to improve that. Uh, two strikes, right? And taking a chance there, kind of like early on, you know, like they throw him out, he leaves off. So, I mean, it was a good outcome for for them, but still, you know, we got we got him in two strikes, but you know, the situation changes, right? You got the first base open, so you kind of like can nibble a little bit. Thought the pitch was okay. Um, you know, you just stay inside and just you know, hit it. You know, hit it forward and get the base hit. So, how much you get the rotation turning over now? How much do you need? You know, all of these guys really. Everybody knows it. So, you know, um, I mean, there's no secret, right? We have to pitch better uh, today. Uh, although he didn't, you know, he went five. I, I thought he was good. You know, he, he gave us a chance. Uh, Tanner gave us a chance. We just got to be better, and we got the guys. So, um, you know, um, we got Corey tomorrow. You know, um, finish this uh, homestand with the W and move on. Yes, sir. Yep. Obviously, you saw Reynolds be good last year, but how impressive is he? He's a good hitter. You know, um, just stays inside the ball. He's able to, to you know, drive the ball to right center. Um, you know, he put a good swing on a fastball that was tailing away and then stay on it. So, yeah, he's a good hitter. I thought, you know, yesterday they changed the script, right? Started throwing more breaking balls on us. Uh, today they did the same thing. Um, you know, Rafi hit that ball right on the screws right away, right? Um, uh, Verdugo in the eighth, Rafi in the eighth. So, I mean, yeah, we didn't get too many hits. We didn't score seven or eight, right? But uh, I thought we were okay, you know. Um, just make adjustments, you know. Keep putting good at bats, and uh, we'll be okay. We got it? Thank you. All right. All right, so that was Red Sox manager Alex Cora speaking after the Red Sox fall 4-1 to one tonight against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I thought he gave a pretty honest answer on Nick Pavetta and a pretty fair assessment because Nick Pavetta made some mistakes tonight. He ends up giving up two home runs, and... 
Cooper, this was an issue for him last year. He was tied for 10th in the majors with 27 home runs allowed. And there were some other hard-hit balls off of him. There were 10 hard-hit balls off of him tonight, 95 miles per hour exit velocity or more. So he, he did make some mistakes, but I do think overall he pitched pretty well and he had some tough luck in there. Tonight's the start of his season, obviously, and it's the start of kind of figuring out what he's going to be for this year. Uh, Nick Pavetta, that is. And you, know, you, you look at what he did in the offseason. We talked about this a little bit at a postgame show last night, it, just the excitement that we had to see him this year. You know, a brand new curveball. Uh, he's added a little bit of velocity, added some drop in his slider, and really did some work with sw- some of the best baseball minds out there for pitchers with driveline during the offseason. And so, and we saw it in spring training. We saw the curveball in spring training. Tonight, it didn't quite have what it had in spring training. I think that was part of it. And we saw that on the Brian Reynolds swing that Alex Cora was talking about. But this is the first of a long season for Nick Pavetta. This is somebody that for a long time, the analytics have said that he could be even better than he has been. And that's not to say that he hasn't been good during his time with the Red Sox. And so, Again, I thought, and I agree with Alex Cora completely there, I thought tonight was was fine. It was a, a nice start. It was what the Red Sox needed tonight on Tuesday, April 4th. And the question is, is, is there another level? And I think that has long been the question about Nick Pavetta. Is he uh, an Andrew Heaney type where there is wonderful stuff, but is there more in there? Is he a Jamison Tyone? Wonderful stuff, uh, but is there more in there? And... You know, we have not gotten that answer in long bursts. We've got it in moments. The 2021 postseason that will be plastered in the minds of Red Sox fans for a very, very long time. But I thought tonight was a nice step on the way towards getting there. And obviously the hope is it's going to be a little bit more. And the tough luck that that we were just referencing there. In the second inning, he was rolling. He had two outs, nobody on. And then he got a a strike three uh, from Kanan Smith and Jigba. But it got away from Reese McGuire. It was a pass ball. And then that led to a two-run home run for G1 Bay. That puts Pittsburgh ahead. They end up uh, keeping the lead after that. And they end up tacking on two more runs to go on top and end up winning 4-1. to one. And, and a tip of the cap there from Alex Cora to Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds, I think in the greater baseball world, especially among casual base, baseball fans, he's a guy that's thrown in a lot of trade rumors. And it's the only time you hear about him. It's the only time you really do hear about him. And here he comes into this series yesterday, two home runs, three hits. And then tonight, he's a triple shy of the cycle. So he's really impressed. Uh, is, is tonight the Brian, I guess tonight is the G1 Bay game. And this is the Brian Reynolds couple of days uh, for the pie. I mean, crazy. I, it's, it's amazing what he's done in the last two days. It, it really is. And, and G1 Bay, when you get a chance, if you're on the road right now, when, when you get home and or if you're finally parked, pull up Twitter and, and take a look at the catch he made in the bottom of the eighth inning. Just a remarkable grab. But it's a 4-1 win for Pittsburgh over the Red Sox. Boston falls to 2-3 and three on this season. Pittsburgh 3-2. and two. We have a lot more to get to on Red Sox Review. We'll continue to break down Nick Pavetta's performance and also the offense's performance today. Just four hits and one run they muster up. There were a couple of positives that we'll certainly note upon as the night progresses. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Another splitter, and the ball game is over. The Pirates have taken the first two games of this series from the Red Sox, and they'll have a chance at a three-game sweep here tomorrow afternoon. The final score, 4-1, to one, Buccos. Will Fleming on the call coming to you tonight from the Nissan Red Sox postgame show. You deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself today. Shop NissanUSA.com. Not much thrill tonight for the Red Sox offensively. 4-1 loss at Fenway Park as we welcome you back. It's Red Sox Review. You should know that already with Joe Weil, Cooper Boardman, Joe Braverman uh, back inside our WEEI studios. You want to call about it. You want to yell about it. You want to feel whatever you got to feel about it. That's fine. 617-779-7937. The number text line 37937. And uh, Joe, I, for me, again, this is not a game that felt like the Red Sox were, were out of it or, or anything like that. It's just a game that, and I said this off the top, but I, you really do mean it. It is a margins game, and this is a team that is going to have to win games within the margins, and tonight they're on the wrong side of it. Yeah, they were on the wrong side of it. And it's it's tough, again, when you give team extra outs. Even a team like the Pirates, it's a major league baseball team. They can capitalize on stuff like that. And we talked about it yesterday with the game they played against the Pirates and how it led to a big first inning with a mistake made by Rafael Devers that ended up being ruled a hit. It was originally ruled an E5, but it ended up being ruled a hit, and then the earned runs end up being added to Cutter Crawford's line. But that that inning sort of spiraled on the Red Sox. And in the pass ball to Reese McGuire, I'm not saying that's the reason they lost the game. I think the reason they lost the game was they only had four hits and one run tonight. But you take an early one nothing lead, and then you give a team an extra chance. A team like the Red Sox, that's... Trying to bounce back from a tough 2022. They, they, they can't do that, even against a team like the Pirates that does have some young talent that we saw on, on display tonight. By the way, if it sounded like the roof was caving in, we're here coming to you from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway we like We like that kind of Yeah, event. no, look, there, there are Red Sox fans that don't appear to be too perturbed by, uh, by the I had a chance, loss tonight. I had a chance to, to, to hit the head before we hopped on, and, and, and there, was, there was some okay, fire among the confirm, fans in there. Yeah, that? All right, well, I think we're going to start there as uh, we go to the lines for the first time tonight. Adam in Pawtucket, are, are you happy or not so much right now? I mean, I don't know. Pavetta looked great tonight for, for a few innings, and then, you know, he kind of 
we got to we got to we got to really not rely on the hitting so much with the Red Sox. And uh I don't know. The, the pitching is just not there. The pitching is not there. Yeah, and Adam appreciated. I, I think I can't argue with that, at least to this point. I mean, you score 34 runs. You score 33 of those thir- first uh, 34 runs in the first three games of this season. And uh, obviously, what we saw on Friday and Saturday and Sunday cannot be indicative of what this season is going to be. And I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, this year in terms of just, you know, having to outslug at all moments. But, you know, there, there are a few parts of this. The, the, the reality is, is there are three starters that are not in the starting rotation right now that should be in the starting rotation. And I think you could pick up 90% and the Astros and maybe the Dodgers might be the only teams in baseball that if you took three starters out of the rotation, they'd be fine, Joe. And I think, you know, when if you really have to boil it down to the teeniest, tiniest little thing, it is that. It, it is the reality that we are living in that this team is not complete and it's not close to complete right now from a pitching perspective that that's a key point but I do agree with the caller there and that they can't continue to rely on the offense to pick up this pitching staff despite that point you're right there are starting pitchers that are going to get in this rotation when it's all said and done even in the month of April Brian Bayo Garrett Whitlock hopefully James Paxson as well and James Paxson did throw today in Florida three innings I think he topped out at 94 according to Boston Globe's Alex Spear but at the same time, you look at the totality of the five games and you feel like you could have come away with more wins because there were, there were some missed opportunities there. And you can hear it in Cutter Crawford's postgame interactions with the media about how he felt it was such a lost opportunity for the Red Sox to, to string together their third consecutive win, and especially after the first inning they had yesterday. Today, you run into a, a good pitcher, Ron C. Contreras. He might be a guy moving forward, and he's still really young. We'll see, but 22 years old, last year he posted an ERA south of four, and he had a nice start tonight. He retired 13 consecutive Red Sox hitters at one point, so he got rolling as the game continued to progress. Well, dude, like, Rowanzi Contreras, what we saw from him tonight is exactly what the Red Sox are hoping their guys are going to be, and the first thing is, is this is a dude with phenomenal stuff that throws strikes. What do we hear all year? I mean, you could put it on poster board, on T-shirts, on bumper stickers, on whatever from High and Bloom and this entire team, you know, the, the baseball operations team. We need guys who throw strikes. We heard that over and over and over again. I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it, but it's the truth. And then you go out there and you walk as many as they did on opening day and then everybody's all mad. And I, I, I understand it, but... Rowanzi Contreras epitomized exactly what the Red Sox would have wanted from their starters this first trip through the rotation, which is quality stuff, pounding strikes in the zone. We saw it in moments. We saw it in the first three batters of Cutter Crawford's start last night. We saw it in a couple of innings of Cutter Crawford's start last night. We saw it in Nick Pavetta's start for probably 40% to 50% of the start tonight. But there's a reality that it has to be more. It has to be more in, in the first turn through the rotation. I don't want to say couldn't have gone any worse because it, it, it could have, but the numbers coming in. I don't know. Tonight, <laughs> I, it, no, it, it's, a, it's a fair point. And it, it, coming into tonight, it had an ERA of 12.91. That was the worst in Major League Baseball. Innings pitched, they were at 15 and a third. That's 29th best in the sport. And then you do get five innings out of Nick Pavetta tonight, but 
it, it has to be a tone set by Corey Kluber tomorrow. I, I, it's game number six tomorrow, so I'm not going to say it's a must-win game, but there's a sense of urgency a little bit to, to see if this rotation can turn it around on the second turn around through. And it, it, it we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But it is a big game because you don't want to fall into a hole scheduling-wise before it gets more difficult because after this series coming up against the Tigers, they get the Rays, a team that's gotten off to a really nice start and a team that can pitch. Yeah, no, no doubt. A Red Sox review tonight, by the way, coming to you live from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. Number to call, 617-779-7937. That's 617-779-7937 with Joe Weil, Cooper Boardman, and... Uh, you know, okay, let us just let me walk through the starters just for a moment and what we've seen so far. So Corey Kluber comes out on opening day, couldn't really throw some strikes. I don't, I just, I don't buy that's who he's going to be. I said this last night, and I'll double down on it once again. The idea that he walked four guys in his first, he's not done that outside of the month of April in the last five years of his career. That's one. Chris Sale, obviously, that's a that's a big question mark about what he is, you know, coming off of last year, and and I don't think we we find out any answers about him other than time. Tanner Houck, I thought was very solid on Sunday. We we liked what we saw from him, and then kind of the guys that have been mixed in since you know Pavetta, obviously, what we saw tonight, but Winkowski um, and and. Uh, among a number of others out of the bullpen have been have been very solid as uh, the phone lines continue let's get let's get to it i want to hear the thoughts i want to hear the pulse uh we got wally who's popped up in fall river wally you're on the air yeah what's up i mean this season started guys i didn't expect much from the red sox uh when you look at the lineup uh the only one that that any opposing manager is going to worry about i think it's rafael Devers. I think everybody else is more or less in the same class. You still have a little black hole at the bottom of the lineup. But I was wondering what you guys think about Yoshida hitting cleanup. I mean, he's not really a cleanup hitter. He looks overmatched on some pitches like he's swinging wildly. But I'm surprised that they put him in cleanup. Uh, as far as the Red Sox, I mean, like I said, they're basically a Pirates thing. They're basically going to win around 80, 78 games. I'm not expecting much out of this team. I don't expect Bloom to do much at the deadline, even if they're yeah, close to a wild card, the last wild card. Uh, what's your thoughts, really? What's your gut feeling on this team? Wally, I, I appreciate it. And, and let me just say this. It's, it's April 4th. It's going to be okay, I, I promise. And I, you know, we don't know what it's going to look like at the end of July as we you know, start to get to the trade deadline conversation. I'm of the opinion that this team is better than you seem to think they are, and that's okay. I understand the feeling after last year, and that is the feeling that has permeated this team and this group and this fan base you know, over the last however many months from you know, what we saw at Winter Weekend and the sounds that Red Sox fans made to this moment. But first of all, I can't sit here and fault the lineup. They had bad nine innings tonight. There's only one team in baseball, and that's the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays, at least coming into the night, that had scored more runs than them. They've scored 34 runs, the Red Sox have, in the first five games of the season. That's fine. And as for Yoshida, I reckon, you know, you look at when he walks into the room, if you were sitting in the room and Joe, he walked into the room, you would not think that he is a power hitter. He's five foot eight inches. He is diminutive in stature, but he is a power hitter. I mean, the, the flick of the wrist swing that he put on a ball up and away yesterday over the monster, 
There are few human beings on earth that are capable of doing what he did. He is a cleanup hitter. He is a power hitter. And and Red Sox fans are going to see that. The other part about him, and this is just my last uh, point of this long-winded joy of Masataka Yoshida, and that is from an on-base perspective. His swing decisions are really, really good. That's a wonderful thing to have in this lineup, especially if Tristan Casas hits the way a couple of batters behind him the way they think he's going to. Yeah, in the lineup, right, it hasn't been the problem so far through five games. And with Yoshida, too, I, I've been impressed with the bat-on-ball skills, and that was something that despite some evaluators across the sport not being so thrilled about the Red Sox making that signing, that was something that has come in as expected. He was profiled as a guy that could put the bat on the baseball is... Japanese statistics really show that out, and that has proven to be the case. I do think the one thing, I'd like to see him get a little bit more lift on the ball. Obviously, he hits the the opposite field home run in yesterday's game, but he has hit it into the dirt maybe a little bit too much to start, but I do love that he hasn't been phased by Major League pitching in the sense of being a guy that swings and misses a ton. So I do like him in the four spot. I think it's an interesting point that Wally brings up about the lineup because, okay, who's the superstars in the lineup. It's it's one in Rafael Devers, right? So to his point, okay, who's the guy, when you look at one through nine for the Red Sox, who do you who are you the most concerned by? It's not a couple guys, it's one guy in Devers, but there's a lot of talent around him that may not profile a superstar offensive talent, but very quality offensive talent at the big league level. Justin Turner's proven it for so many years. Duvall's obviously gotten off to a great start. He posts his first 0 for the season. It was so surprising. There's the red herring, right? Yeah, it was so surprising to see him strike out in, in that big spot in the bottom of the sixth inning when they had runners at the corners, and then he ends up taking a six-straight slider uh, to uh, from Dowry Moreta to, to end that inning. But I, I think there's a lot of talent around Devers that the profile is scary. Now, he did mention the bottom of the lineup with... The production that the Red Sox have gotten from this second baseman, it hasn't been obviously ideal. Christian Arroyo, although he got hosed on a strike oh. three call today, yeah. that was that was well off the plate inside. That was that was not the right call, and he let uh, the home plate umpire. Uh, he, he got he gave him an earful, yeah. but it was it was respectful enough in a way that uh, Dan Iasonia, who 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 made the strike three call, he kind of let him express what he wanted to as he walked away, which I think was the right move. There was no need for for any any further action there. They do need some more production out of the second base position. Again, it's just five games, small sample sizes. Bob Ellis, the official scorer tonight, uh, UMass Lowell uh, men's ice hockey voice, uh, wanted to chat with, told us at least, or, or always wanted to remind us when we talk with him before today's game after he listened to our postgame show yesterday. I mean, it is by baseball law to, to have to say, small sample size through five games. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. Size. But uh, I do think this this offense despite them not having quote-unquote superstar talent outside of Devers, it, it, it's it's going to be a tough one for pitchers to deal with, and they just ran into a good pitcher today. I Maybe this won't be the case for Rolandi Contreras. He, he, maybe he, he posts an ERA north of four, but, but there's a talent pedigree there. He was a top prospect with the Yankees first. He ends up getting traded. He was a big piece of that Jamison Tyone trade where they sent him and a couple of other prospects to the Pirates, and, and Tyone went back to the Yankees. So... It's not a surprise to see Contreras have a nice outing, especially after a nice 22-year-old season last year where he had a 3.79 ERA. For the second straight night, we've hit the over on Jamison Tyone references. 
Don't know how we got here. The no. six, six degrees of Jameson. <laughs> it's, I don't know what world we're living in. But the more, like, one of the more, you know, yeah. he's solid, not spectacular. Sure. Everybody's a friend of a friend. And I think, you know, what you said about the, the bottom of the lineup. So tonight, it's Kike Hernandez, Reese McGuire, and then Yu Chang. And that, that Yu Chang spot, whoever that ends up being, whether it's Rob Refsnyder on a given night, whether... Uh, it, when it's at Alberto Mondesi when he comes back, whether it's Christian Arroyo as he pinch hit late, late on. I, so, I, and Wally had the call a, a few minutes ago, and, and he said he feels like the bottom of the lineup is a black hole. I mean, first of all, Reese McGuire, two hits tonight. Christian Arroyo, as you said, got brutalized oh, on those. It was, it was uh, hosed. First pitch wasn't close. Second pitch was uh, almost close. And then the third pitch, you know, you, what are you going to do at that point? And, and so... Here's what I'll say about the bottom of this lineup. The first thing is, is if you look around Major League Baseball and you look at the bottom of most teams' lineups, save for the, again, I go back to the Astros, you go back to the Dodgers, there aren't a lot of teams that you look at the bottom of the lineup and, and you're timid, you're, you're, you're shaking when you look at them. And you want to talk about you know one of the many reasons why the Astros won the World Series a year ago is because uh, Martin Maldonado who we don't think of as anybody who can swing the bat with any consistency, had a wonderful postseason for them, and they carried that along with, obviously, the big boppers they got at the top of their lineup, et cetera, et cetera, on the way to, you know, you know what happened next. This team has guys that have the ability to do that at the bottom of the lineup. You don't need... There aren't a lot of guys that have 350 on bases at the bottom of lineups around Major League Baseball. What you do have at the bottom of this lineup, if... You can keep Kike Hernandez out of the top of the lineup, and I don't mean that in a bad way, it, meaning you get enough production up top to keep him down. That changes the complexion of what this offense can be, and I know he's over for a couple of strikeouts. Maybe this isn't the night to espouse his virtues, but for what he can be down there, it's not insignificant. Reese McGuire, we saw the deficiencies from the defensive side tonight. We'll get into that as the night goes along, I'd imagine, but he is somebody that's a, a, has been a very solid offensive catcher for this team since he joined this team late on and then that nine spot obviously going to rotate through and we'll kind of see what happens as, as we go through and uh, as we continue on this lineup conversation Paul is in Westfield and uh, he'd like to talk a little bit about it Paul you there good evening gentlemen I actually literally empirically and critically I, I, I am here listening to you and I have to agree tonight's offense there's not much to talk about because that's a steamrolling pitcher. He was on point tonight. And, of course, as Kawhi, I mean, Danny Picard would say, pump the brakes to only get five games. Uh, it's going to take time to develop as they learn to adjust and they have to see how the pitchers um, throw. And we all know as the year progresses, they tend to figure it out and get much more hitting. However, I do have a question for Laurel and Hardy, Evan Costello. You two gentlemen on opening day observed what a lot of us saw, which was what we call a picky or abuse of the Pitching clock, which they'll adjust quickly to and get used to. So Endeavors hadn't been on the rubber for eight seconds and got smoked, and the other pitcher got delayed, not on his control, and two balls were thrown. Has it been pretty consistent, and are we seeing abuses of that uh, based upon the other games since then? Paul, uh, it's a wonderful question. appreciate the call, and, and I think uh, the answer is, I at least from what I've seen, and we've been watching pretty intently over the last few days, it, it has. We have not seen anything really quite like that since that moment. And, you know, the, the reality of, of this whole thing is 
these guys are going to figure it out. And I, I would argue that they already have tonight. I mean, tonight was smooth sailing. It was like a metronome. You, you set it, and, and we just go, and everybody knows exactly what they need to do with this pitch clock. And, and it's... I, I, I'm almost sick of talking about it, not because, and it's wonderful for baseball, and I love the idea, and I love that things are moving quickly, and you love all of these things. I'm almost sick of talking about it in the sense that, like, we're, we're done. Like, we're good. Like, everybody's fine. We know how this works. We know how, how to uh, live within the rhythm of the pitch clock, and we, we've not really seen anything egregious since what we saw in opening. Don't tell that to Manny Machado. Yeah, 257. Yesterday, that was time of game. Two hours, 57 minutes, 2.36 today. So a, a pretty crisp game. Don't say that to Manny Machado. Yeah, he had some issues. In a Red Sox game should be my asterisk there. <laughs> I think, you know, I, and again, it's all an adjustment period. It's all part of this. But I, I do believe that, you know, again, this is all going to be just fine as we go along. But to answer the question from the caller there, no, I, I mean, I've not, you know, other than what we saw from Eddie Machado, and there are going to be a few more of those, and they're going to be fun to, to tweet around. Uh, again, we'll, we'll see all that. Much more to get to. Want to get into Nick Pavetta a little bit more, dive into the bullpen. Uh, there's, there's some good stuff to talk about with the bullpen. How good does that feel? Feels good. Uh, we got all that as we come to you live from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. Tonight, we're back in a moment on Red Sox Review right here on WEEI. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Red Sox review on WEEI. The Red Sox fall for the second straight night. The Pittsburgh Pirates tonight score four to one in favor of Pittsburgh. So the Sox fall to two and three on the season. Pittsburgh now three and two. Joe Weil with you, Cooper Boardman alongside it. Joe Braverman back in our WEEI studios. We are at the Ford Clubhouse Fenway studio, and we appreciate you tuning in. We'll be chatting Red Sox through midnight and Tonight, another close loss for the Red Sox. That's the, that's been the theme for their defeat so far this season. So they've lost three games, two of which by one run. Of course, opening night yesterday they fall seven to six, and this one a four-one loss uh, to the Pirates. And and we talked about it a little bit before Cooper, but baseball is a game of inches. It's a game of margins. You want to you want to win the margins, and the Red Sox tonight with a couple of of, of defensive things end up allowing the Pirates to to win this game. want to just note one that happened in the top of the second inning. If you're just joining us and you didn't get a chance to tune into the game, it was a one nothing Red Sox lead, and then with two outs and nobody on, Kenan Smith and uh, Jigba struck out pass ball past Reese McGuire. It could have ended the inning if he, just, if he just squeezed it. That extends the inning, and then G1 Bay hits a two-run home run. Pirates take the lead. They go on top 2-1. to one. And then, you know, this is kind of bit the, the Red Sox so far this season is, is controlling the run game. And it's obviously a new run game in 2023 with the disengagements that the pitchers are allowed. 
uh, to, to, to work with this year and also the bigger bases. But there was a stolen base with Tyler Heineman at first. He gets to second, and then he ends up coming around to score with two outs and a Brian Reynolds single. That's the final tally for the Pirates, but they tack on another run. And they'll have to figure out a way, the Red Sox, to control that run game because right now opponents are 12 for 12 against them in terms of stolen bases. So if you look at, Joe, the the Red Sox from an analytical perspective, oh boy, there's some people that are like, that's the boogeyman, that's okay. And you look at, you know, kind of how this roster sets up, they're really by many metrics and by many conversations and by some admission of, of those that have talked about this team within that clubhouse, there are very few teams in baseball that have a bigger gap between what they could be and what they could be. And what I mean by that is that there is a lot of guys that have a gigantic variance in what they could be in 2023. The idea that there are not a a gigantic number of knowns in this lineup, in this rotation, in this pitching staff, right? It's the, uh, the, the, the microcosm is Chris Sale, who has been wonderful in his career, did not real, did not pitch last year generally, and now in 2023, uh, you know, what will he be? That's just example one of many. And so all of this is to say that this is a team that will have to early in the season win the margins and win in tight situations. And tonight they've got two catchers and tonight they have their more offensive minded catcher as most teams do. You've got an elite defensive catcher in Cotter Wong and you have a catcher that has turned into a wonderful offensive talent in Reese McGuire. And tonight, Reese McGuire offensively was exactly that. Wonderful. Couple of hits, but that ball that gets by him, that extends the inning, that leads to a home run. And to be fair, I don't know if the Red Sox, we can get into this as the night goes along here. I'm not sure the Red Sox have had, uh, could have have had more, uh, just when you look at what has happened to them over the first five days of this season, more stark responses to things that have happened, right? Ball goes by Reese McGuire on a strikeout. Guy gets to first home run, 359 foot home run. That is a home run. I think in exactly zero of the other 29 major yeah, league just barely clear. Right. The monster it considered that. not going out and then did. <laughs> and you know that, and that happens and that's fine. And, and, you know, and then later on, as you, as you said, right, uh, guys on you know, first base, you're a couple outs in the inning, they run with two strikes, gets to second, and then a little single from the best hitter in baseball right now, and Brian Reynolds, you know, gives up another run. And so uh, all of this is to say it's just not, you know, it, it, that's why this game is closer than 4-1. And even that's close, right? And the Red Sox, again, they're playing close games, even in the ones that they lose, but it's it's about winning the margins. It's going to be this is something they'll have to find a way uh, to 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 remedy. The one thing I will say though, I was reading Joe Posnanski earlier today, and he mentioned on Monday batters stole fourteen out of sixteen bases. So that was what happened on Monday throughout the totality of the sport. And through Monday's games, base runners were eighty four for a hundred in stolen base attempts this season. So the the disengagements, the bigger bases, they have had an effect. I'm curious to see as the season progresses if those numbers are going to dip. I I think this sport would probably want that because... I don't know. I I, I like it. It's cool. I like it too, but I, I wonder if it's if it's too much of an advantage. It's a, it's a it's a broader conversation, but yeah, I 
I think it's just another like rule we're playing by now, right? And now it's about building yourself to take full advantage of that as the Baltimore Orioles showed us over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, it's like the Red Sox of the first five games of this season, and it is early, and, and all of that have not been on the right side of that conversation, right? Like nobody has given up more stolen bases than the Red Sox this year, 12 of them, all with Reese McGuire behind the plate. And and the Red Sox coming into the night had stolen one base, and off the top of my head, I I, I don't think that they did tonight. No, they didn't. As we double check, and and so what you know maybe what it does is it places a premium on Connor Wong and his elite ability defensively, and his the pop time that he has, and and the quality that quality that he has taken care of pitchers behind the plate. Uh, you know maybe it's that way, and maybe it gives him more of an opportunity. It will be interesting to your point over the next few months to watch how it plays out, though. As we all are with the new rules. And, and just to give a, a tip of the cap to Reese McGuire, despite the, the, the pass ball on the defensive side, another runner stealing. He, he did have two doubles, so two for three on the night. And, uh, and, and with, you know, he's, since he's joined the Sox, he, he's been a hitter. Uh, he, yeah, last year, 337 average, 877 OPS, and he's gotten off to a nice start offensively. And he provides two of the four hits for the Sox. Only one run today for Boston. They fall 4-1 to one against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll pause for a short break, but we have another hour to go on Red Sox Review, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this on WEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.